Hallelujah. Christ is risen. Amen. We are glad to see you this morning. It has been too long, two years since we've been able to have a service like this. And so welcome. And uh, may God bless you this morning through the word and through the sacrament. We're also excited to have uh, Nick playing for us this morning, which is a long time in coming where we have live music. And so, uh, yeah, well, I told you. <laughs> uh, so, so we are truly blessed uh, by that perfect work that was worked on the cross for you and for me. And our blessings do overflow even through the dark season that we just went through over the last two years. Welcome. Let us worship our Lord. Come together this morning in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 
Let us confess our sins to God our Father, most merciful God. We confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed. By what we have done and by what we have left undone, we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you. And for his sake, he forgives you all of your sins. And as your called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. Worthy is Christ, the Lamb who was slain, whose blood set us free to be people of God. Power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and blessing and glory are His. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. Sing with all the people of God and join in the hymn of all creation, blessing and honor and glory and might be to God and the Lamb forever. Amen. This is the feast of victory for our God, for the Lamb who was slain has begun His reign. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. O oh God, for your redemption you gave your only begotten Son to the death of the cross, and by his glorious resurrection delivered us from the power of the enemy. Grant that all our sin may be drowned through daily repentance, and that day by day we may arise to live before you in righteousness and purity forever 
through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. There's a lot of people out there. Peace be with you. I'm going to beginning to the first reading is going to be in Isaiah uh, chapter 65, verse 17 through 25. For those of you that have a pew Bible in front of you, you can open that up if you'd like and follow me. And it's going to be on page 1164, 1164 in the pew Bible. Isaiah is talking here about justice and salvation. And as I read this, you'll see what I'm talking about. See, I will create new heavens and a new earth. The former things will not be remembered, nor will they come to mind, but be glad and rejoice forever in what I will create. For I will recreate a new Jerusalem to be a delight and its people a joy. I will rejoice over Jerusalem and take delight in my people. The sound of weeping and of crying will be heard in it no more. Never again will there be in it an infant who lives but a few days, or an old man who does not live out his years. The one who dies at a hundred will be thought a mere child. The one who fails to reach a hundred will be considered accursed. They will build houses and dwell in them. They will plant vineyards and eat their fruit. No longer will they build houses and others live in them, or plant and others eat. For as the days of a tree, so will be the days of my people. My chosen one will long enjoy the work of their hands. They will not labor in vain, nor will they bear children doomed to misfortune. For they will be a people blessed by the Lord, they and their descendants with them. Before they call, I will answer. While they are still speaking, I will hear. The wolf and the lamb will feed together. The lion will eat straw like the ox. The dust will be the serpent's food. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain, says the Lord. We now move to Psalm 16. It's in your bulletin. And uh, it's a Psalm from David. Keep me safe, my God, for in you I take refuge. You are my Lord. Apart from you, I have no good thing. I say of the holy people who are in the land, they are the noble ones in whom is all my delight. Those who run after God suffer more and more. I do not pour out libations of blood to such gods or take up their names on my lips. Lord, you alone are my portion and my cup. You make my lot secure. Boundary lines have fallen for me, pleasant places. I will praise the Lord who consoles me even at night. My heart instructs me. I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, 
I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest secure because you will not abandon me of that, nor will you let your faithful one see decay. You make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Our next reading is taken from the book of Corinthians, chapter 15. And your pew Bible will be on 1790, and the verses that we'll read will be 19 through 26. If only this life we have hope in Christ, we are all, we are of all people most to be pitied. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. But each in turn, Christ, the first fruits, then when he comes, those who belong to him, then the end will come when he hands over the kingdom to God the Father after he has destroyed all dominion, authority, and power. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. This is the word of the Lord our God. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke from the 24th chapter. Glory to you, O Christ. Our Gospel this morning comes from Luke 24, verses 1 through 12, and can be found on page 1642 in your Pew Bible. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices that they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. Now while they were wondering about this, suddenly two men, in clothes that gleamed like lightning, stood beside them. And in their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why? Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still alive with you in Galilee? The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners. He must be crucified and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. And when they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all of the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and he ran to the tomb. 
And bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves. And he went away, wondering to himself, what had happened? This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Um, Every year, we hear the story of the resurrection of Jesus. And and when you hear a story often enough, it's easy to gloss over many of the details of the story. I mean, honestly, we've, we've heard the story so often that we think that there is nothing new to learn. I mean, come on. We, we have all kinds of people that come to an empty tomb One or more angels informs them that Jesus has risen, and everybody lives happily ever after the end. But as is the case for all of the writings in the Bible, it's really not that simple. There is always more to learn. And one of the things that I didn't notice for a long time was the timing of everything. If we flash back to Friday, you may remember that Jesus died in the middle of the afternoon. But before Joseph of Arimathea could lay Jesus in his tomb, Joseph had to obtain an audience with Pontius Pilate. He had to go get a meeting. And he had to get permission from Pilate to remove the body from the cross. And then, then Joseph and the other friends of Jesus had to actually remove the body. It's pretty messy business. And then they had to transport Jesus' body to the tomb. And then they had to prepare it for burial. This all takes a lot of time. And ordinarily, it wouldn't have been a problem how much time it took. But wait, there's more. But in this case, the problem presented that it was The next day was the Sabbath, and there were laws that had to be kept about keeping the Sabbath holy. So even the work of burying a dead body was strictly forbidden on the Sabbath. And there was simply no way to get that all done in time and and do a halfway decent job of placing Jesus in the tomb. You see, sundown and the Sabbath just came too quickly. Now stay with me here. The timing of Jesus' death actually guaranteed that his friends had to return on Sunday morning, the day after the Sabbath, in order to properly care for the body of their dead friend. And by arranging the timing on Good Friday so that the burial had to take place in a hurry, the Lord assured there would be plenty of witnesses at the empty tomb on Sunday. And in fact, All four of our Gospels, all four Gospels, tell us that the empty tomb was a pretty busy place from about the time the sun came up until the middle of the morning. 
People noticed that there was something up. Think about it. The first Easter was a swirl of activity and emotion. The women who came to the tomb with spices, and they find that the tomb is open, and the body of Jesus is gone. And the men show up, these guys who dress like lightning. And these men said to the women, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but he has risen. And they said, Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise? That is Luke 24, 5 through 7. Now these men, they knew these women, even though the women had never seen them before in all of their lives. And in the midst of all this commotion, where do the messengers direct their attention? Direct our attention. They directed the attention to the words of Jesus. The Holy Spirit inspired Luke to point out that everything has happened exactly as Jesus said it would. And as we make our way through the gospel accounts, we regularly read that Jesus was teaching his disciples, saying to them, the Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands of men, and they will kill him. And when he is killed, after three days he will rise. That's also, that's Mark 9, verse 31. The angels... The guys that are dressed like lightning got Jesus' message exactly right. There is something else that you notice when you get into the, the nuts and the bolts, the details of the day of resurrection. You start to notice trends and patterns in the way that Jesus showed himself to the people. After a bit of study, it becomes evident that Jesus wanted his followers to believe in his resurrection because of his promise, and that his promise to rise was more authoritative than his actual presence. And the angels said as much when they said, don't you remember his promise? To rise from the dead? What promises does God keep? One more time. What promises does God keep? Amen. So when God makes a promise, he keeps it. And he asks, why are you looking for him here in the place of the dead? Even though his followers had not yet seen him, they should believe that he is alive based on his promise alone. Slowly, the truth of the situation began to sink in. For these women, remembering the Lord's words brings them more fully into reality. With the words of Jesus, they begin to understand the strange new world that they find themselves in, the strange new world that surrounds them. Empty graves. And men who dress like lightning. Angels who have been with you all of your life. These things start to make sense. Jesus had talked about a heavenly kingdom. And the world is God's. And God's kingdom has come. So what about the pain of the crucifixion? Was this all a, a mistake? Well, no. Jesus had told them that his betrayal and death were part of God's will. 
God so desired to save all people that he gave his only son to bear the punishment, to bear the pain for our sin. And now punishment for you and for me, it's gone. Divine vengeance is over. And the open grave gives a glimpse of of heavenly joy. Angels talk to humans. And humans speak to one another, sharing a message that saves every man, woman, and child. And what is this message? Here it is. The message is God loves you. In love, he gave his life for you. And now he lives and reigns eternally. The women could not keep this kind of news to themselves. They had to share the things that they had heard. And the Holy Spirit brought the promises of Jesus to their mind. He had promised to raise from the dead. And now he had risen just as he said. The resurrection of Jesus Christ certainly demonstrates his power and his authority. A name above all names, even death. And many people have talked about merely communicating from the dead and have not been able to do it. Now, here we have someone who not only promised to rise from the dead, but he actually pulled it off. This alone makes Jesus unique in all of history. And further, this resurrection certified once and for all that Jesus has defeated sin, he has defeated death, and he has defeated the power of the devil. And as God promised in Eden, he said the seed of woman has crushed the serpent's head. He promised that would happen, and Jesus did it. This fact alone is reason to rejoice over his victory. But wait, there's more. Jesus promised to rise from the dead, and he kept his promise. And his resurrection means that there is nothing that can stop him from keeping his promises. He's the only man that ever lived that will never let you down. I'll give you an example. I can make a promise and then get sick or have a flat tire or have any number of other difficulties. And every fiber in my being can be dedicated to keeping my promises. But despite my effort, it is possible that circumstances beyond my control can stop me from keeping my promise. Now the resurrection of Jesus Christ clearly demonstrates that there are no circumstances beyond the control of Christ. Not even death can prevent him from keeping his promises. Jesus promised to raise and rise from the dead. Now here's some of the other promises that he made. He made a lot of promises. And which promises does he keep? Okay, listen to this. This is good stuff. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. That's John 5, verse 24. Here's another. My sheep, they hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. And no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. That's John 10, verses 27 through 29. Here's another. I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, 
yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. John 11, 25 through 26. One more. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again, and I will take you to myself. And where I am, you will be also. John 14, 1 through 3. These, these are but a few of the promises that Jesus has made. These are but a few of the promises that you know Jesus will keep because even death cannot hold him or prevent him from keeping his word to you. Christ promises, his promises, they teach us that a day is coming when he will return to raise all the, all the dead back to life. And if you or I had to face that day based on our own good works, we would fail. For no one is able to earn salvation, but Christ has promised salvation to us based on his perfect life and his sacrificial death. He has promised that those who have the Holy Spirit's gift of faith will rise to eternal life. For it is by faith that we receive the benefits of Christ's work. And we can have absolute certainty of our eternal salvation, not because of anything that we have done or not done, but because we have the promise of Christ. And in conclusion, not even death can stop him from keeping his promises. For he has risen. He has risen from the dead just as he said that he would. In the name of Jesus, Amen.
Will you please stand? Let us now confess our faith together to the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of the God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate with the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the Scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshiped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. And we look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray for the whole church, the whole church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Lord God, on this glorious day, fill your people with a holy fear at the resurrection of your Son, that we would tremble no longer before the grave, but rejoice and live in the truth of your power to save Lord, in your mercy, be with all, our, all of your pastors. Keep them faithful to deliver to your people the apostolic gospel of your son's death, burial, and resurrection. Lord, in your mercy, let us hold fast to the word preached to us that receiving it with joy, we may take our stand in it and be saved by it. Hinder all who would sow doubt into our hearts and grant us courage to confess its truth in our life and conversation. Lord, in your mercy, bless Joseph, our president, and all who make and administer our laws. Frustrate the forces of evil, and do not let our leaders cooperate with them or further their goals. Guard our armed forces as they stand watch for us at home and abroad. Let them serve with honor and integrity. Lord, in your mercy, have mercy on the sick and those in any need especially those on our hearts and named out loud right now. Let the dawning light of the new creation in Christ sustain them in faith. In accord with your will, grant them renewed health, a foretaste of their eternal healing in him, Lord, in your mercy, give us joy in your son's great victory feasts as he shares it with us from this altar in the eating of his true body and the drinking of his precious blood in faith. 
overcome our sin by his forgiveness and swallow up our death in his life, that we may be glad and rejoice in his salvation. Lord, in your mercy, comfort those who mourn with the truth of Christ's empty tomb, that in the midst of their grief they may abide in the hope of his resurrection. Uphold them in faith as they await the day when you will wipe every tear from all faces. Lord, in your mercy, we join today in singing eternal alleluias and innumerable angels in festal gathering with the assembly of the firstborn enrolled in heaven and with the spirits of the righteous made perfect. And we bring these petitions before you, dear Father, trusting in your mercy. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. May the peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us share the peace. We've been doing it responsibly at a distance, so we kind of wave and do that. Please pray with me. Merciful Father, we offer with joy and thanksgiving what you have first given us, ourselves, our time, and our possessions, signs of your gracious love. Receive them for the sake of him who offered himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should, at all times and in all places, offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, through Christ our Lord, who on the tree of the cross gave salvation to all, that where death began, there life might be restored, and that he who by a tree once overcame might by a tree overcome. And so, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy Holy, holy Lord, Lord God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna 
in the highest. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus Christ took the bread and he gave thanks. Then he broke it, giving it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup, and he gave thanks, and then he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, that we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his triumphant coming again. Let us now pray together the prayer that Jesus gave to us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated. Now this sacrament is for all who believe that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior. And I heard you confess him. And so if that is your faith, that he keeps his promises, promises like this is my body given for you, this is my blood shed for you for the forgiveness of sins, if you take him at his word, then come, the table is prepared. You may remain seated and the ushers will bring you forward.
He is risen. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and grant you his peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Our sending song is Because He Lives, and the words are found in your bulletin on the other side of Jesus Shine. Yeah. Uh-huh.